0: Yeah, and welcome to Jazznet uh, Weekly Pod. This is episode 299 of the Jazznet podcast, and I'm John McCallum. Uh, this is the independent Rangers podcast made for fans by fans, where the content is free. It's not just the podcast we have here at Jazznet. There is a forum, articles, social media, a great history archive. And I would encourage you to uh, subscribe, whether it's on YouTube or many of the other ones. And if you like what you hear, please, please, Share us on social media, let other people know about it. Now, none of this would be possible without the help of our sponsors, Forest Precision Engineering. Forest Precision Engineering are a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company, and they've been a big commercial sponsor of Rangers for many, many years. And we are delighted that they are backing the podcast again this year. You can find out more about Forest Precision Engineering by visiting their website, which is www.forestprecisioneng.com. Um, and also if you are more interested perhaps in the Forest Precision Engineering Executive Lounge, which is a hospitality area in the main stand. And if you can, is available to book, it's a unique and intimate space. And if you want to know more about that, uh, contact the club directly via hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Now, just before I get into the pod, I want to just very quickly make an apology. Last week, we had a short discussion about the, the pyrotechnics at the Dundee match. I was a host, uh, and that was me that set the agenda, and I chose not to mention the alleged sexual assault that had been reported to have taken place during the match. That wasn't because we didn't think it was important, quite the opposite. It's very important. Uh, As it's the subject of a police inquiry, I felt that it wasn't appropriate for David Ross or myself to discuss. None of us were at the match. None of us could add anything to it that wasn't already in the media. However, I should have mentioned it, and I should have explained why we weren't going to discuss it, and I would like to apologise for that. Okay, that's on with this week's pod. Uh, In a week that has seen AI and cutting edge digital technology used to send the Beatles back to number one, for the first time since the 1960, GersNet has brought together us three guys who could all do with being digitally enhanced. I'm joined tonight by Colin Armstrong, who some of you may remember, he used to be on the pod many, many years ago, and Rob Fawcett, who's on all the time with me these days. Evening, gentlemen. Uh, I hope you're both well. Um, Rob, you had a good weekend?
1: Aye, it's been good. It's been good. Uh, rounded off today with a, a nice little result to take us into the international break, so it's, it's been nice, yeah. Hope yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no. um, From the the high of Thursday, um, it's 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 kind of stayed at that kind of level all the way through. I really can't complain. Colin, welcome back. Uh, I know you you have been on. You have been on a couple of times, I think, since uh, since you retired. But this is the first time you and I have been on again together. Uh, So, do you remember how this all goes? You 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 think it's all still with you?
2: Uh, Well, you know, without the the digital enhancement, the AI, I, I I could probably struggle, John. To be honest with you. Well,
0: Rob Rob is here to meet you and I. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, Robert, I'm going to start with you, right, and let's start with Livingston. Um, after the exertions of Thursday evening, I think most of us were probably expecting some changes to the starting lineup. Were you surprised when you saw the the team sheet announced um you know, what were your thoughts when you you first saw the 11 and, and who was on the bench?
1: Um no, wasn't it really, wasn't really a surprise, to be honest, you know, I think. The the one thing that's come across when you listen to the players and you listen to, to to the manager when he's doing press conferences is this is about the squad. So it was natural that after after a game where a lot of these players have, have put quite a lot into, you know, performances over the last few weeks that maybe was gonna have a little bit of rotation in them today. Um I think the the really pleasing thing was actually to see McCoslin start. And I know will we'll talk about him in a wee bit more detail, but you know, Bolgan demonstrated at Dundee you know what he can bring to the team so there's no surprise that he came back in you know I think it's great to see Lawrence getting some minutes under his belt and coming and coming back into the team because ultimately you know we've he's a player that adds something different and and and, and hopefully and hopefully can kick on now and and put those injury injury woes behind them and then everybody's favourite striker um, behind the the, the the six million Brazilian, um, dessers come back into the squad, so it wasn't it wasn't really it wasn't really a surprise, um, and I think it was just a a natural shuffling of the starting line up that the manager had to do to to keep everybody fresh and make sure that we don't go into the international squad and pick up a daft injury today.
0: I was a little surprised that Jack started. Uh, it's unusual for him to in the past if he's played. The majority of a match midweek, it's unusual for him to make the the weekend game. Um, And if he does make it, he's usually taken off after ten minutes. So I was a little surprised that he started, although perhaps with a a couple of weeks off. uh, Although I I mean, I take it he's in the Scotland squad. Actually, I hadn't actually thought of that. Um, I'm assuming he is in the Scotland squad, whether he'll be played or not. Well, we'll see. Um, But I was a little surprised that Jack started. Um, I I was I was also a little surprised Barisic started. I thought Barisic might might drop to the bench and. uh, we might see the return of Redvan again, but but you know, as it was, like you, I expected to be changes. Still haven't quite figured Clemont out yet. You're still not entirely sure of what changes he's going to make. So that was quite nice. Um, Colin, talking your changes, the tenth of May two thousand and three. Now I remember that day because I got engaged on that day, and about a week or so later, my my then fiance now wife got to see the real me. Uh, she witnessed my dad and I watching the UEFA Cup final between Celtic and Porto. And she'd never actually seen me watch a football match before and was um, slightly bemused when she came through to see my dad and I jumping up and down cheering and, and i assumed that the, the Scottish team had won. Uh, she's not from these parts, you see. Um, and I think she saw a different side of me uh, at that point. Um, between those two events, Ross McCausland was born. Okay, now that dates us quite significantly, but between those two events, yeah. um, it's, it's, Ross McCoslin was born, and, and today Ross McCausland got his his starting game for Rangers. Um, listening to Clement uh, talk about him, he's clearly been impressed by McCausland in, in training. How do you think he fared today? Uh, and do you think he can force his way into the team on a on a regular basis, or do you think he's going to be playing for Johnston and Borough in three years' time?
2: Well, you would have to say that <clears throat> the weight of history is against him in, in, in that respect, in terms of the will carve out a career uh, at Ibrooks, but that doesn't necessarily mean he won't carve out a career at Ibrooks. You know, it's uh, the, what is it? Joe Strummer of the class said the future is unwritten, you know, so it's, it's very much up to him. I think uh, from what I've seen in the boys so far, very impressive. Uh, I thought he played really well when he came on. He came on on Thursday night and uh, wasn't. Too surprised to see him start today. A wee bit surprised, but wasn't overly surprised to see him start today. And uh, you know, you know, he's twenty year old. These are the, the when you get handed these moments, you have as a player, you have to take them. These are these are the moments you have to take. I, I think every young player get you know that, that that's considered good enough gets an opportunity at some point or another to, to to start a game at Rangers, and it's it's up to them as to whether they take it or not. I don't think he done his case any harm today at all. I, I thought, especially in the first half, I thought Rangers played better in the first half than they did in the second. Some really good counter and stuff, which he was part of. You know, I, I, one thing I've noticed since Clemence came in, moving the ball a lot quicker. Yeah. You know, I actually, I actually said it to my son today. I says, look at them, they're, they're not taking any more than two touches before they they move it on, whereas. You know, previously under Beal, I mean, John Lindstrom would take 25 touches and let teams reset and, <laughs> you know, it was just so slow. Uh, I really liked what I saw in the first half today. It just all got it tied up a few things, finishing and stuff like that. I mean, some of the shooting today was, was pretty woeful, especially in the second half. But in that first half, some of our counter-attacking was good. Some of the wee interchanges were good. And he was, he was very much part of that. You know, he, 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 I thought he'd done really, really well. Uh, really unlucky. I, I'm sure we'll come on and talk about it in terms of the refereeing decisions again today. Really unlucky not to get a goal, you know, which uh, it, was his, it was his first start of the day, am I right in saying that? I think uh, that's his first start, uh, yeah. certainly his so, first start in a, in a, a game so that mattered. That would, have been, that would have been perfect, do you know what I mean? And it was some finish, you know, it was a really well-controlled finish. Uh, took it really, really well. As I say, we're going to discuss the farce and disallowing that goal later. Uh, so, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I, I noticed his mum's tweet was doing around saying, very proud mummy, and you know, all the rest of it, you know, it'll be a, a proud night, I believe it comes from a sort of Rangers background and, you know, sort of a proud night for the family. I don't think he's done his cause any harm, absolutely not, you know, and as I said, it's up to him now, it's up to him, it's up to him to, to go out and, and write the best story he can possibly write, uh, but you would have to say it's, you know, it's uphill. It's very hard for young players to get into the team because we were talking about this yesterday, you know, the the, the demand to win yeah. means that clubs don't take risks. And sometimes young players, unless, you know, there's, there's been one or two over recent years. I mean, Barry Ferguson was an obvious one that was going to come in and, and just stay in that team. But it is very, very difficult for young players to get into the team and stay in the team. But he's certainly not done his chances uh, any harm today. The, the, the boy done well and should be proud of, his, proud of himself today.
0: I was mean, just interested you take Barry Ferguson. Obviously, actually, I don't. it's not how I remember it. Barry Ferguson was up, was on the fringe in Walter Smith last season. There yeah, yeah. was enormous pressure to try and win that 10th title on the row. And I always wonder if Avocat hadn't come in and decided to basically build his team around Ferguson, you know, what Ferguson's career might have been. Wouldn't he just have become Charlie Miller? would he just have been another guy where we all said he had the ability but he just he just never took his chances?
1: Or he um, could have moved to
2: Serie A, who knows? You know, like well, a, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> no. uh,
1: yes, I think, I never think know. it is a fair point about you've got to have the right manager that's willing to trust those players as well. And I think since coming in, Clonts made a big a big um, point of mentioning the age didn't matter to him. You know, and I think the, the little cameo that, that McCausland gave us on Thursday night was great because he was always looking between the lines for the pass. You know, yeah. it, 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 it didn't matter if he was cutting people out, but he played some great balls in and you're right, Colin, you know, that finish today was great um, even though even though it ended up getting chopped off, but it was really the only place that he could have stuck that ball in the back of the net because the rest of the, the, rest of the goal was covered. So I think there are definitely positive signs from him. Um, around what he can bring to the team, um, and I think Clement is the kind of guy that if he thinks he's good enough and his training levels are high enough, then you know why? Why should he not start more games? See, see another, see another point, John. Uh, before
2: before we move on, it's his competition for uh, having a brain freeze. Came on today and got booked. Canwell, Canwell, Canwell. Can well. can well. Now when Cantwell do you still go to Readers games at Colin? I wasn't sure if you gave up. No, you're fifteen. I wasn't sure
0: if you bottled down.
2: You know what I mean? (laughs) I I have brain freezes every day. Again, (laughs) we were talking about this yesterday. (laughs) Uh, so I mean when we signed Cantwell and Raskin, you know, there was there was a feeling based on their performances towards the end of last season that they were the foundation to moving on this season, that Bale had recruited well. we sort of first two signings, and that uh, you know it was all about the summer recruitment, and then moving forward. And, but neither of those two have really reached the the heights this season. I don't think neither Raskin nor Cantwell have, have really done it. Cantwell, I think, maybe needs a bit of competition. I I, I wouldn't say he's had a. Bad season, but he certainly had a disjointed season and, and he's disrupted season, ser- definitely. And he's, exactly. and he's not, he certainly not reached the heights that he, he reached last season. And I was a wee bit annoyed with him today when he came on because that sort of petulant thing getting involved in something he didn't really need to get involved in. Well, that's and just, that's think, interesting,
0: Colin, because um, it's interesting you brought that up. You know, it's not on the agenda, but you know, that's the agenda's gone already. You know, it's, uh, I'd forgotten what it's like, actually, when you're on the agenda's gone, we're just talking about something else now. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, Rob mentioned it as well, and I saw it earlier. Cantwell himself has actually put up something online right. tonight that shows the the boy he had the, the altercation with, which to, to I mean, I watched it on TV. I don't know if if he'd have it that much. I watched it on TV, and on TV it just looked like Cantwell had, for some reason, decided to to yeah. um, throw a strop with this guy. But but Cantwell's put a thing up on, on social media because clearly he think he's really that people have said this though but the boys caught him just above the knee I mean the boys caught right. him really high and what's happened is Campbell has reacted to that at least that's the inference from Campbell that he has reacted to this right. guy and um, doing yeah. that but that wasn't shown you know I didn't see no. it on TV I didn't see anybody No no I, I,
2: that. I watched watched I watched it on TV and even in the the replay it showed you the replay it just looked like it was just being patient yeah i mean if he has been caught he has been caught and, and and okay i'm I'm wrong in this occasion but i do think
0: if he's been caught he go down holding it and get uh, the guy sent uh, off yeah. that's what you're supposed to do is it
2: not i i just think he's getting involved in stuff he he just doesn't need to get involved yeah. and, and and i kind of get the impression I come on said a wee comment about him doing his wee dance on thursday night when he scored and you know i, I just get the impression that, that come on rates him, but wants to knock some of this stuff out of him and yep. McLaughlin being a threat, you know, I mean, he's shown that he's, he's, you know, on shown that he's not scared to say, well, you're not doing it, you're off, I'm bringing them on. And and, and that's another good thing that's coming out of McLaughlin, McClo- uh, coming into the team and, and showing that he can play at that level. It increases competition for places yeah. and, it, and it might just put the rocket up can't Cantwell's arse because I genuinely think he needs one because he, he yeah. just hasn't hit the heights this season that he was hitting last season. Yeah.
0: Robert, um, talking to players that have come back into the team, um, Tom Launce started today. Uh, I I thought he was man of the match. I thought he was involved in everything good. His pass for Dessel's goal was was a thing of beauty that could be hung in Kelvin Grove. It was an absolutely beautiful pass. Um, Launce has never managed a sustained run on our side and that's down to injuries. And prior to joining Rangers, and, and Colin will probably laugh at this, but prior to joining Rangers, he was playing 30 games every season. He would like five seasons in the row where he played 30 games every season. He joined Rangers and that's you, you're outcropped. Um, if he can stay fit, just how important a player can he be for us this season?
1: I think he can be extremely important, to be honest. I think, um, you know, he's got a, a good combination of what's hard for the team, you know, can pick a pass. Like you said, I mean, that, that, that ball over to Dessers today was a, was, was a cracker. And again, yeah, that
0: ball made Dessers look like a proper centre-forward for, for four or five seconds.
1: So so you say that, there was an instant as well where he got called offside, but you could see him checking his run and taff had the opportunity to do the exact same thing that, that Lawrence did. Now, Dessers completely and utterly glass of finish and sticks it by the post, but I think there is an element where he is making good runs, it's just our players aren't quick enough to get the ball to him. So that's a different story. Back no, to Lawrence. That's a very story. <laughs> <laughs> um but back to Lawrence. I think, you know, he's he he's got a he's got a habit of scoring goals through midfield, you know, and I think that's definitely something that we've been lacking over the last few years is is regular contributions, you know, from from, from that area of the pitch. A number of seasons in the championship, he was he was ten plus goals. Um you, you know, he can pick a pass, he's got that experience there now. So Again, probably going to be seen as, as one of the senior players within the squad. And one of the few players that I think likes to actually have a dig from distance. Um, yeah. you know, we saw we saw when he was fit when he first came, he wasn't shy to have a dig. And I think that's something that we that we lack, although today was actually a little bit better. None of them hit the target, mind you, but at least we were trying to create and fashion a chance at the edge of the box and nobody was scared to nobody was scared to have a bit of a dig. So I think I think moving forward. He's gonna be a different option than the likes of your your Lammers and Campwells in in those attacking areas because you know they might have a bit more flair. But I think Lawrence does a lot of his work quietly. And and like you saw, you know, that, that ball through for Dessers was was an absolute crack. And if he can do that on a bit more of a regular basis, I think that's the type of thing that Clement's gonna be looking for. You know, none of this two or three passes to get it into the danger zone. If you spot the pass, take the risk. Yeah. You know, take the risk. If you don't, if it if it doesn't come off, then what's the worst that's going to happen? You, you know, we get possession and we just need to get back into shape and defend. And that, I think-
0: that, that that kind of forward pass, sorry, um, sorry, Rob, that kind of forward pass is what was missing in the first part of the season for us. Yeah, where we, you know, we were we were sideways, 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 and eventually someone would cross into the box. And teams knew we were going to do that. Yeah, and, and having a player in the team who can see that pass uh, and and execute it is something that that. The team has sadly lacked and, and probably lacked for a fair chunk of last season as well.
1: Yeah, but it but definitely
0: I did lack it for the start of the season. If Lawrence can bring that into the team and if McCausland can bring it from the other side, it adds a different dimension to our play.
1: Yeah, it does. And and I think the interesting thing is if you watch if you watch Clement as well through the games, he's never he's never satisfied when we're not playing the ball quick enough. He's always on at the players to to, to be quicker and, and get the ball forward a bit quicker. Um, you know, there's a few times today where I think he was having a go at players that we'd done a couple of too many sideways passes and didn't get the ball, didn't get the ball into the danger there quick enough. Um, and I think I think that sets the standard. You know, he, he's constantly he's constantly being vocal towards the players, but also towards the fourth official as well, which I absolutely love. Um, and I, and, it, and it was the end of the Sparta game. You know, he goes and shakes the spark of managers you know gives a wee clap to the cloud and then just turns around and starts shouting at the four official, four official at the end of the game just just shows you the type of character that he is. he's just he's not going to let stuff like that go and it's a bit time we had somebody like that because you've got yeah, to be yeah. in the of the officials these days.
0: Yeah, Clamont looks like he holds a grudge uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he has that impression about him.
1: Um, <laughs> Clamont
2: looks like a guy that wouldn't have party fissle a goal yeah <laughs> exactly that will do me by the way <laughs> yeah. you want to <laughs> Fuck off <laughs> um,
0: colin um i think i think rob is as i think rob is is one of this new breed of ranger supporter that's trying to make a case for Dessers. now you and i are both too old and we are just going to slaughter Dessers now um look he returned to the side today um and he scored so that's a big plus okay now his goal had a slice of luck about it. The finish had a slice of luck, but it was a nice run, you know. And I agree with Tom there; it was it was a nice run, um, and he did play better. Uh, you know, his his performance was better. Now, let's be honest, Livingston are bottom of the league; they're not playing well. But that aside, you know, he was better than he'd been in, in earlier games this season. I, I, I would I would accept that. Him being offside cost us Goldson's goals, and goals. Um, but I have to say, every time I watch us play up front for us. I I, I long for moreales just a little bit more. What did you make of his performance today? Where where, where do you think he's going just now? I mean, he clearly is going to still get game time for us. He, you know, we, we are short up front. So, what did you make of his performance today?
2: I mean, he's here, and that's that's the issue. You know, I mean, that's the, the 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 problem that Clement has is he has to get results with it. The players that he's got, and Dessers is one of those players. So that's it. So that's that's the problem. So it's up to come on to, to find a solution. I think we've seen an, an, an I mean, he scored. I mean, it was a really good finish against Hibs in, in in the first game. I think it was Clement's first game, and I felt a wee bit uh, sorry for him that day because he had two or three chances. He was really unlucky with uh, one. I think we see him go. I think he was. Scoring and the Hibs defender sort of blocked it on the line with his hand and we were going to get a penalty until Seema came in and scored. And yeah. you could see when Seema scored and everybody was going to be celebrating. Messers <laughs> was gutted. It, it just looked absolutely gutted as if I can't buy a goal here, right? So I was really tough from when he, when he got his goal. You know, I only reached amateur levels when it came out football, but I'm going, I'm going to go down the, the strikers union because there was a striker. I thought. I don't think there was much luck about his goal today because he got it on target. Defenders got it and it's bobbled in and all the rest of it. But that's all a striker can do is get on the end of the pass and get a shot away. I think he's done that. I'd slightly disagree with the offside goal as well because I think if he doesn't go for it, if he stays onside and doesn't go for it, the keeper collects it cleanly and we don't get the chance to score the goal. I, I know why he gets all the criticism. He has looked like a lump of wood, right? However, I've seen an improvement under under Come on, he's, he's scored a couple of goals over the last three or four games. And that's all a striker can do. You know what I mean? I know what you're saying. It's Livingston and, you know, they're bottom of the league and they're really struggling this season. And they have had their player budget cut and uh, all that kind of stuff. And <clears throat> I mean, it must be one of the worst things in the world having a season ticket for that place. Because <laughs> I've never, I have never once seen a decent game of football at, at that ground. It is just. It's just, I put it on Twitter the other day, it, these games are games to be endured rather than enjoyed. You never yeah, really look forward to living snow way, right? So I, I get all that and, you know, the, the quality of the opposition, but I'm, I'm seeing an improvement and I am I think, based on what I've seen so far, he's good enough to be a Rangers striker. Probably not, I'd have to say no. But you never know. You never know what Clement will get out of this guy if, if he can get 10 goals out on between now and the end of the season. That, That could be enough because it certainly looks like, even although Danilo's shooting's a bit wild at times, it certainly looks like we're going to get goals out of him. Yeah, Uh, I think Lawrence, you know, I remember Lawrence's goal last season against, I think it was Hibs at Easter Road, the the, the game we drew two each. He scored a goal that day that made me think he could be the next Arfield, you know, the guy that comes in, the times he's run, so all the strikers push in. And he's there in the space waiting for the cutbacks. The goal that day against Habs was like that. I think it was a uh, Bonner that crossed it in and he came in and met it with his head, sort of an 18 yard box. And he kind of thought, yeah, he could be the, the sort of midfielder that times those runs and, and gets us those type, types of goals. So I, I, in terms of Dessers, he's here. So we need, we need to find a way to, to get the best out of him. And I would say, if, from what I've seen so far in terms of goals anyway he's scoring again you know he got that goal against Hibs he scored today uh, still lots of improvement to, to to be done but I mean so far you would have to say clement has got the best out of all of them so far so I'd, I've got a wee bit more faith that we can get something out of Dessers with the guy that's in the dugout now compared to who the the guy that was in the dugout two or three weeks ago. So I'm not writing him off just yet, unlike you. And I, and I, and I'm, and, and I don't hark back for Morelos. I'm, I'm sorry. He'd <laughs> done his time. It was time for him to go.
0: You have to remember, I'm a guy who wrote off Mark Hately after about four or five games. So, so know, I'm maybe not the guy... <laughs> To 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 be looking for inspiration around our centre forwards on I, I, listen, I accept that, I accept and, and I genuinely hope uh, he he comes good. And I would agree with O to be that there has been improvement. Now, he was starting from a low base, but there has been <laughs> a, there has been improvement. Um and well, that's, uh, the,
2: that, that's the best place to start when it comes to improvement, John, isn't it? Uh, At the bottom well quite good at if we started at the middle and
0: improved but you know <laughs> um he has he has improved and you know and i, I, and I genuinely uh, at a game i will very very rarely slate a rangers player at a game Um you know i'm not someone who i've never booed a rangers player believe me so a couple of times i, I was in the govern the day cammy fraser went round and gave us that <laughs> i felt really like but i never did um uh, but but uh, you know uh, Dessers is a player who for the first couple of months I just scratched my head as to why would bought him. Mm. Uh, he just looked
2: yeah. inept, A, but he doesn't look
0: inept now. He he, you know, he's lacking mobility and he needs, someone needs to teach him the offside rule, but. He's definitely least, been part of it now. Sorry, Rob.
1: I was just going to say, at least he stopped giving penalties away as well, which is a great improvement. So, yeah, you know, he's, he stopped giving penalties away and he's scoring goals for us now. So, yeah, yeah. The, the, only only so for the only way is up for a big decision. The only way is
0: up. <laughs> Listen, that's a, 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 it's almost like we planned this. Um, a nice segue there from you, Robert. Uh, we had two penalties today. Uh, and VAR was, or should have been, involved in, in both of them, depending who you speak to. Um, what did you make of the awards? Um, and are you in any way concerned that Tavernier now needs two penalties before he scores one of them?
1: Um, so I think first of all, um, I'll be open and honest when it was uh, when it was live at the game. I thought McCausland played for it, and, and I thought it might have been it might have been no contact from the keeper. So I was, I was dubious when it went to VAR because I thought, oh, this is going to get chopped off. Were you at it? Wasn't. Him, Rob? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we, we were behind that goal. Um, but it wasn't until I saw the replay that you can actually see that he's absolutely played for it, but there has been contact from the keeper. So by the letter of the law, I think, you know, VAR was right to award the penalty. Um, uh, I, I, I made the joke to one of the guys I was sitting with around Tav needing to, to score. Um, and... You know i couldn't even i couldn't believe he didn't even hit the target first of all for that first pen, so that was a that was a bit of a that was a bit of a surprise because you know i think it's one of these things now at what point do we take that off him um you know clement's made it clear that he's obviously the penalty taker and we've got a two and a three in that position but at some point somebody maybe needs to tap him in the shoulder to say look that's that's a few you've missed now you know maybe maybe we need to maybe we need to let number two be hitting the penalties um second penalty, we never really had a, a clear view of that at all. It was up the other end of the pitch. Um again, looking back at the replay, I think it's a fairly a fairly clear penalty. You know, hand is hand is above head, ball hits it. I, I don't know I don't know how you could disagree with that. And then thankfully Tav has tucked that one away. So I think on those on those occasions, VAR probably came to the correct decision. And the fact that they were very quick reviews tells you that, you know, there wasn't really an obvious clear and obvious error there in in either of them. So, you know, I think it was I think it was job done on that on that bit of the performance. But there are a few other decisions that potentially leave a lot, left a lot to be desired during the game.
0: <laughs> the um, the second one, I'll have to be honest to say, I didn't see it at all, and I wasn't even aware of people claiming for it. But, mm. but I didn't see. No, I mean, but when you saw the replay, you thought, oh, uh, the has got his hand above his head. <laughs> Um, there was no. I don't think
2: I know. I've been a critic of John. Sorry, but I think that's one area it has been a success. In I've I've been at a few games now and watched the Rangers in, in Europe a couple of times. Uh, I can remember the game against Leverkusen. They claimed for a penalty, we but abs- I don't think any of them claimed for it. And then mm. when you when, when when you seen it on VAR, you're like, that's a stone wall." There was a one in Dortmund. The f- our first goal yeah. in Dortmund that night no one in my house claimed for it no, no one in the pitch claimed for it so that's one thing VAR has been good at because today's was a stone wall I don't think the yeah. first one was I'll disagree with Rob but the, the second one you know when I heard the commentator saying they're checking for a penalty I'm like eh yeah. and then when you see it you're like it's blatant and then yeah. Devlin's got the cheek to go me? <laughs> Is it me? <laughs> you know, like, well you were the guy with your arm like all the way up there, you know what I mean? So that's one thing I'm not I'm not a huge fan of VAR. I I'm, in fact I hate it, but it has been good in, in that respect. It's picked up a lot of penalties that I think would have went unawarded. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's interesting though what what Colin said there. I, I tend to agree having watched having watched the cousin one a couple of times. I don't know. I'm not sure there was any contact. My cousin did. My cousin has my to do that's tinted. his job. His job is. I think the keeper's yeah. coming out. You know, if I, I, you know, he goes to ground. That's what happens. We we talked earlier on there uh, about. I was at Lawrence not going to ground, yeah. uh, and it coming up until he went to ground, and, and you know that's life. Uh, Always not, got to
1: be a bit of bias when you get blue tinted spikes. Exactly. True. Exactly. But.
0: Either way, uh, it, I mean, it was a deserved victory today. I don't think anyone could complain about that. Staying on that subject, Colin, we had two goals which were then um, chopped off. Um, what did you make of those
2: decisions? What was your, your feeling on those? Two? I, I think the first one, yeah, I think he's off. And I think he does, you know, he goes for the ball. I think he affects the keeper's ability to collect the ball cleanly. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, I've got got no complaints about that one. The second, one, <laughs> the second one's a joke. It really is. It, it's 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 actually embarrassing and, and not being funny, right? We've spoken earlier on about how difficult it is for young people like McCausland to get in the team. No, things may transpire that he never really gets another opportunity to play. I don't think that will be the case. But yeah, that, that, look that at Lovelace. Could, look at yeah. Lovelace. Yeah, right. that exactly. could happen. And that could have been his only chance to, to score a goal for Rangers Football Club, at, you know, in the first team, and some idiot gives a foul and and, and takes that away from him, and it's it's just it, it, it just sort of goes along with everything that we're seeing now when it comes to officials, you know that that's why there's an issue with R. It's one I don't think we know how to use it right. I don't think it's been used properly. I actually think Ross. Had a really good suggestion about using it the way tennis use it. It's up to the the clubs to challenge. It's up to the teams to make a challenge and say, "Well, we think that was a penalty. We think that was a foul." Blah blah blah, and get it reviewed rather than re-refereeing every sort of decision. Right? That's how they do it in cricket. Yes, yeah, so is that, that the same that, in cricket? Yep. Yeah. And, and, and and you could you could do something similar to tennis in terms of if your challenge is correct, then you keep your three challenges and all that kind of stuff, right? This constant re refereeing of every game uh, it's, it's, its just nonsense. But uh, but another issue is the people who are using it are the same incompetent officials who weren't getting things right in the first place. Right? right. So, at, at half-time I, I was talking to my son, me and my son were sitting watching it, and I was like, they've had two big decisions to make. The the, the penalty to Rangers, the McCausland penalty and McCausland's goal. And they've got them both wrong, in my opinion. The, the, the penalty... I think, I, I think, I think McCausland's lucky you not know, to be booked, to be honest with you. I think he, there is contact, but he, I think he's going down before, before the contact comes and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think he's, he's, he's sort of tried to buy it. It's worked. But if VAR's not there to change these decisions, then, then what's it there for? And, then, and I found it quite interesting that when McCausland scored his goal, and I did kind of wonder, cause as, as he was away celebrating, I heard the, the whistle go and I thought, oh, What's that? And then you seen them turn around and you, you kind of got the impression that something is wrong. And the commentator said, apparently VAR, I don't know if they can hear but the VAR's but saying.
0: I, 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 that's what uh, I understood yeah, from what they were yeah, saying yeah. today. They could.
2: So he's saying, it kind of sounded like the VAR saying, what well, have you chopped that off? <laughs> <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that was a perfectly good goal. Uh, and if VAR are questioning him saying, why have you chopped that off? Then why did they not come to the correct decision? After, yeah. after they've the v- reviewed that, that film and, and, and that moment in the game, I, I actually think Seema's fouled first. As he's going for yeah. the header. He's it's fouled. just two players going for the ball. It's so a contact yeah. spot. Yeah. And that's it. So you, you could argue one negates the other. If you, if you do think it's a foul with Seema, which I don't think it is, but he's getting pulled. So you could argue there's, you know, if they were going to chalk McCoslin's goal off, it should have been to give us a penalty. If you know what I mean, it's that kind, it's that kind of thing. So I just don't get it. You know, this thing is supposed to have come in and made you know everything better and and, and improved the, the the amount of decisions that they get correct, and it's actually doing the opposite. It's just making it an absolute shambles. And the people who are worst off in the whole thing, we spoke about this again before. The people on the ground, they are the ones that have absolutely no clue what's going on you know what i mean the whole thing is is designed for tv punters so they're the ones that they're the ones that hear what's getting said they're the ones that get to see the replays the amount of times i've been at ibrox and it just comes up on the screen possible bar check and you you don't know what's going on there's no communication you 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 don't know You, you don't get to see yeah you know, you know, a replay of the incident. You, you don't hear these, the, the 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 communication as you do in other sports between. I think Robbie's quite good at how they do it. You know, you always hear the the, the communication between the referee and the video assistant, and you get an understanding as to how they've come to that decision. There's none of that. No. it's just a it's just a shroud of secrecy. And, <laughs> It's confused, symptomatic Colin, of how football
0: treats supporters. Supporters, yeah, Absolutely that's. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean I, that, that is how football treats the supporters in a nutshell. You know, don't. Why would we want to do anything that would inform them? You know, they yeah. we're very much at the end of the queue when it yeah. comes to decision making.
2: Yeah, and that's how it feels. It's. Uh, I mean, it's. It's felt obvious for a while now that European football is not aimed at European fans anymore it's aimed at certainly the bigger leagues you know what I mean yeah. they're, 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 they're looking at markets you know the far east and all that kind of stuff and that's that's what's going to influence and inform future decisions on on, on where where the game goes it's, it's not what the what do they call them in the premiership when they were doing that super league legacy, the legacy supporters legacy fans right they're just the guys that turn up every week I'm not really bothered about them we're bothered about the, the, the two billion in China and all that. Kind of, it's just, it's really, really poor. And for something that was supposed to be improving the game, it's done the absolute opposite. And I would even say the same. There, there was an argument to say that, you know, when they first introduced it down south in the Premiership, it was a shambles. And then it seemed to, as if it was right, they're starting to get it right now. This season's been, been even worse. It's yeah. an absolute. Sh- I mean, that that one with Liverpool, the Liverpool Spurs one. I, I mean, th- th- that's one of the most comical that conversation and the yeah. way that they, con- they congratulate each other. End it, good process, guys. And then one guy goes, eh, "Actually, <laughs> 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 I think we've made a major after <laughs> you know I mean, it's just it's yeah. just so bad.
1: So yeah. nice. but as, you, as you say there Colin I think I think it's right it's the, it's the people using it if, if we follow the rugby model where it goes to a video referee rather than three or four of them sitting and having a yeah. conversation cutting across each other you would probably get to a more sensible decision and, and have that communication on so that the fans can hear it you know yeah. that takes away you, you understand the thought process that is going on between those officials to arrive at the decision you might not agree with it but at least you can understand how they've got to it at that point. Yeah. At the yeah. moment it seems like we're just fucking picking straws and going, right, that's that's the on field review done and there's your decision. It's, Another thing uh, is and
2: well, in, in Scotland do they know sitting in a transit van in a industrial estate somewhere? <laughs> and, and that in <laughs> itself just means just just three guys <laughs> sitting in a van somewhere going lines. <laughs> you get a tv no. license at the same no, I mean, time yeah. honestly it's some nonsense sitting outside a greg somewhere making decisions on football games it, 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 yeah. i didn't know about that I, uh, I, I. listen um okay robert actually you touched the
0: point one of you mentioned this earlier apparently clement wasn't too happy with Cantwell will and, and danilo from dancing after scoring on on thursday and there's an intensity a kind of old school discipline to come But he has that. The Belgians and the Dutch, I know they're different, but there are many similarities between the Belgians and the Dutch. And he has that directness. I don't know if you've ever spent any time with Dutch people, but they don't dance around a subject, they just tell you straight out what they're thinking or something. And he has that. He has that kind of old Belgian Dutch directness. But in his short time at Iblis, he, he hasn't put a foot wrong with two weeks before our next match, away at Petodrey. Um, and that then begins a really intense period. We're playing twelve games between then and the winter break. Two European ties, a cup final, plus trips to Town Castle, Easter Road and, and Parkhead. How does Clement spend the next fortnight? What is it he has to do, or what would you want him to be doing with the team over the next fortnight to prepare us for, for that, you know? Make a break. Let's be honest. Uh, make a break of this season.
1: So I think I think he's already mentioned it in some of the in some of the answers he's given to in the press conferences. You know, I think first and foremost he's treating everybody like an individual. So they're going to all have individual plans that they're going to have to follow until they come back to training to ensure that they're going to have the required level of fitness that he wants. Because ultimately, that's been a theme since he's come into the place that he believes that the players aren't fit enough to. To deliver the style of football that he's wanting to imprint on them. You know, I think the other thing is that it gives them it gives him some time to build confidence in the players that are lacking in it still. You know, like Cedess and Armors, you know, if he can if he can get more out of them up until the January transfer window, then that's only gonna be helpful to us. And I think you're absolutely right, he does have an air of intensity around him, but it's because he's a winner you know you look at what he's done in in his management career you know three league titles back to back with two different clubs in in Belgium you know he's won titles as a player he 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 just wants to keep winning football games and i think that was something that, that that we probably lost under under managers was that intensity of it you know it doesn't matter how many goals you've scored if you don't win anything at the end of the season you know what's the point in playing and and everything is geared up to him to to, to deliver Silverware, you know. So I think that's probably why the the dance and stuff um, gets to him a little bit. Is it's a case of look, you've got to focus and get back to the job in hand because he doesn't want to sit on a two-goal lead. He wants us to go and score a third. You know, you've, you've you've heard them say that in press conferences that you know we really want to kill the game off and getting that third goal is the thing that's going to allow us to do that. So I think it's I think it's going to be about continuing to communicate that style he's <laughs> wanting the players to that he's wanting the players to play, you know, and I think he made a really interesting comment, I don't know if it was post-match or or, or pre-match today, around the players going away to international, the international players going away, and them having different ideas from a different coach, and whether they come back and still remember what it is that he wants them to deliver, you know, because ultimately that's going to be another test for these players to overcome. How many players
0: are going away, Rob? I I I was trying to think, Jack will be away, sooner if he's fit, will be away so they'll be away with scotland they'll probably be a few of the younger boys away under mm-hmm. 21s and things like that
1: yeah, yeah they raskin
0: know. if raskin's fit i guess he's probably away
1: who else if went is might be away, will be away um, if, if, if they've got um if they've got anything um i don't know big like bargain still in the nigerian yeah, national yeah, Nigeria. setup. i don't know your barris situation with croatia they'll be Baris playing be away, they'll play yeah. wales um so I think I don't know. I think there'll be I think there'll be some way that potentially could disrupt it. But I think for the players that aren't, it's very clear that you know both him and both him and the coaching staff are going to have some work for them to do, and it, and it gives them a good chance to breathe because ultimately we've been you know weekend midweek weekend midweek. It's been really busy from from a, a running games point of view. Yeah. I think that the promising thing is you know that seven games in the rain so far, six wins a draw, and you know three goals conceded. I don't think you could have asked for a better start. No. You know, as, as, as a manager, um, apart from maybe one and all seven. <laughs> um, but, you know... The, we would certainly have like,
0: taken that when he was appointed, um, uh, let's be
1: honest. Yeah. And, and I think it's the it's the marginal improvements we've seen, you know, up until we came in, Dessler's was a donkey. You know, but at least he's scoring now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's little things like that. I think the, the style of play we can begin to see patterns of play that we recognize we see a bit more intensity we, we see the team wanting to drive forward with the ball so i think there are little building blocks that over these last you know seven games he's he's beginning to get the players to believe in what he wants to do i think there's obviously a much clearer plan that he's been able to communicate with these players than previous management have done and, yeah. and a couple of players have made that comment that you know we know exactly what the manager wants us to do now and i think if he's got a, if he's got a good break you know, then he'll be able to get that message across even further and hopefully work on the fitness aspect as well with some of them to, yeah. to get them back and get them back in the team because you always hear uh, him limiting minutes of players because he doesn't even want to take that risk on them long term which is really refreshing to hear as well because how frustrated have we been as fans when we've had a really important player come back into the team only for them to break down and be out for another 3, 4, 5 weeks yeah. It's, it, it seems like he's going to have a a really tight relationship with both the players and the medical staff to ensure that they manage those players properly from a minutes point of view. Um, and that was I was really surprised to see Lawrence actually play up until about the eightieth minute today. You know, because again, with that in mind, thinking that he might have he might have come off a wee bit earlier, but obviously Clement had a, had a plan to, to to give him as many minutes as he could. So I think sure. there's, there's there's a wee bit of work to be done, but. Everything, everything he's done so far seems to be working. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully he can go away, regroup, we, we and and as you say, get ready because second second half of this this period of the season is going to be a, a, a tough, tough running.
0: Yeah, the, the November December fixtures come out as thick and fast, and there's some there's some really big and important games in there. You mentioned it at the end, and that was actually one of the things that I was curious about was around the fitness and, and you know, is, is there anything can be done in two weeks? I don't know. You can obviously do some things around fitness, but I suspect that the January break will be where he, he really tries to put into practice. He's been vocal in his observations around the fitness of, of the players and the squad. And clearly has very different ideas as to what that should look like. Um, what that should be and and I I expect some of that will happen over the next two weeks I expect most of that will happen around January Um, so yeah it'll be interesting to see interesting to see Colin lastly on this you and I watched a football match yesterday in the sixth tier of Scottish football and we both commented on how good the pitch looked yeah you know we're into November um, and we were watching um, you know what was a junior team until quite recently playing um, a game of football on a beautiful grass pitch. And, um, you know, we then today saw Lo- Livingston's embarrassment of a pitch. Yeah. And, and let's be honest, Clemence is, isn't any better. Uh, now, I understand the economics of it. But as Clement said before the match, the serious leagues, they don't have plastic pitches in them. Is this simply a symptom of the malaise that Scottish football has the amateur approach to football that that, that's at the very top level in Scotland. Or is that unfair? Is it unfair to criticise a team like Livingston, a team like like a team like Kilmarnock for choosing what is a cheaper and more flexible option for them as a club?
2: I think Livingston. I've got a better reason to have one than Kilmarnock. I think Kilmarnock having one. Really is quite embarrassing because they are a traditionally big club. I was actually talking about the history of Livingston to my son today because, like you know, he's he's only eighteen, so I was saying to him because he played at Meadowbank's old stadium. It's now just a sports complex. It's not a stadium anymore. But he played is,
0: there. I, I, do Edinburgh FC play there?
2: No. Eh, uh, no, no, I don't think they play there. I, mean, I might, I might be wrong because th- there's no stadium. There's, there's just a few seats now. It's, it's, all, it's yeah. where, where the stand is, all is, is. We'll Google, Google this for us, firstly, yeah. and I are
0: talking, and we'll tell us if if that's where Edinburgh FC play now.
2: So I was, I was sort of saying, to him, you know, they, they, it was Franty Thistle they were before, wasn't it? and then it was Franty Thistle then became Meadowbank, and then, it, it. then they were Meadowbank, and now they're Livingston. <laughs> and you know, they they obviously don't have a huge. Fan base. Uh, I think they obviously moved to the new town to try and, uh, you know, get some support and all the rest of it. I don't think that's really quite worked out. Uh, so I can understand a little bit as to why Livingston have got one command come on at less. So, but aye, in the top league, it's aye, it's pretty not it? It's 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 not really on. And and when you consider Aberdeen avoided relegation a few years ago because Falkirk's ground wasn't. All CT'd and all, all the rest of it, you know. So they 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 took a sort of, oh, there's got to be certain standards before you get into this league, you know. That saved Aberdeen's bacon. I think it actually saved them twice. I might be wrong there, but th- 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 at least once they were they were saved from relegation because folk were at Broadwell. But you can have, you know, you can have a a pitch essentially, and 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 that doesn't matter. And it, there's no doubt about it. It does impact on the quality of the game. I mean the games at Colmarnock and games at Livingston tend to be games I don't enjoy. No, I mean they're, 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 So it obviously has an impact in terms of how the ball flows and all that kind of stuff. Don't get me wrong, coming from an amateur background and having played on many a sort of ploughed field at one time or another back in the nineties, I would have killed to have had a surface slightly like you know that 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 you get now in terms of the standard of artificial pitches but at the top level at the, at the highest level of our game i, I genuinely don't think uh, it's acceptable and I, I do wonder how how much cheaper are they you know what i mean i, I, I don't know i, don't, I, think I, that, I, I mean, it's,
0: it's the money you save it's the money the, the clubs save in having another training ground that they can train yeah. at their own ground uh that they can obviously use the ground for other activities that can be hired out for other activities i'm not entirely sure yeah. what those other activities might be but, but it can be hired out for other activities and obviously it doesn't need a team of groundsmen to keep it in in good condition um but at the same time i just don't think they should be getting used at that well, well, level well, of football
2: i mean Falkirk have one and it's booked out most nights when you drive past it every night the floodlights are on boys are Playing on the, the, the surface, if you know what I mean, the actual playing surface that Paul could play on. But I still, think, I also think it devalues it. You know what I mean? You know, back in the day, you, you, you never really spoke to anyone who, very few people had played on professional football parts. You know, right. that, so you, that, you, that, you,
0: that, if you were a really good amateur team and you got yeah, a cup yeah, final or something, you, final, final,
2: you that. got to a senior ground, I agree. Everybody and his brothers done it now. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you can book out that part down the road. I'm assuming you can book out Livy or, or Kelly and, uh, I mean, my no, that's a very good point, a, yeah, that's they, a good point, actually. Yeah, they've played. They, they've played on a. My son's played in a number of professional grounds now that are all astro and it kind of, you know, it does devalue it a little. You know, what I mean, it, yeah, that's a very feel, good point. Like, actually, I used to feel like an, an achievement playing at one yeah. of these. Play- I mean, David Cooper saying uh, when he was a boy, I think it was his uh, school team. They reached the final, and they got to play at Douglas Park. And he says it felt like the, 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 the Maracana. You know what I mean? There are yeah. All these like 14 year old boys going, Oh my God, we're playing at Douglas Park. You know what I mean? It's not going to be like that now, is it? You know what I mean? Because the, 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 loads of, loads of boys are training on these parts every night because they're hired out. So, yeah, there's lots of, the, I, I, I get the economics. Maybe if uh, the chief executive of the, uh, you know, the SPFL got a decent TV deal and stuff like that, maybe these clubs wouldn't need to. Uh, you know, if Doncaster have got his finger out his bum, it, 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 they wouldn't need to uh, have these pitches. So I understand the economics of it, but it is poor. And it does yeah. make it a poorer game. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Look, I've got
0: two other topics I want to try and sneak in before we, we finish up in five, ten minutes' time. And I'll just speak to both of you about them, okay? Robert, I'll start with yourself. Cup final. Uh, there's been a wee bit of a, a stramash this week about the ticket split for the League Cup final. Rangers are getting more tickets than Aberdeen. Is that fair? You know, shouldn't all cup finals be a 50-50 split? Um, you know, I'm, f- I'm funny about this because I think Aberdeen are posturing. Aberdeen could easily have taken 50% of the tickets if they would wanted to. And as long as they were willing to underwrite them, they could have had them. But they weren't willing to underwrite them, which tells me they didn't think they were going to sell them. But they still want to make a big song and dance about it. Uh, the other thing I wanted to just throw to the two is the prices. the The cheapest ticket's thirty nine pounds. There's just well, that's unfair. There's cheaper ones for, for um, concessions to children, but the cheapest adult ticket's thirty nine pounds, going up to forty nine pounds. This is the week before Christmas. I don't know who thought we should be playing the League Cup final of the week before Christmas either. But but that's where we are. Um, so, Robert, I'll start with you. What's your what's your take been on this this week?
1: I like the way that you asked that question without smiling, um, because I, I'm, I'm just grumpy I'm,
0: as, na- as nature um, intended.
1: I'm of the opinion that uh, we deserve a bigger share. Aberdeen, you, you look at you look at the pitiful attendance at a semi final between Aberdeen and Hibs twenty eight thousand between them. You know Aberdeen' highest attendance of the season is going to be what something like nineteen thousand, which means that. Every single one of the fans that go there on a regular basis will get a ticket for that final. You know, I also love the fact that it's an issue when it's Rangers that's involved. You know, where, where, has, the, where has the harsh criticism been of this ticketing policy every time Celtic have got into, into air final against a, a smaller club and, and been given a bigger share of the tickets? It's just—it's absolutely farcical that we we have this conversation. You know, if they want if they want to have a, a better allocation when it comes to a final, support your fucking team. Get more punters into Patodry on the games against the likes of Livy and the smaller games, and 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 support your team through thick and thin, like Rangers fans have done over the years. You know, when we get when we get chucked in the, leads, the leagues, the we still. Took 50,000 fans at Ibrooks in those games, so it demonstrates the the value of the fan base that you've got. So, I, for, obviously, I'm biased because my Rangers fan, but I, I just I just find the whole argument laughable from some of these fans that that moan that that we've got you know more fans in the stadium. The likelihood is they won't sell out their allocation anyway, so the the tickets will then come back to us, and all it does is allow. Police and stewarding plans to be put in place earlier if they at least know yeah. that is gonna be the majority of where the fans are gonna sit. So I just I just find it I just find it laughable that, that everybody's got their panties in a twist about this when it's happened everything. It's the same argument about how can there be a Rangers end and a Celtic end at the stadium, which is another thing that I've seen people getting 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 all hot and bothered over. You know, get over it. <laughs> that's that's life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Colin, you're, you're well known for being a moderate on these things. What's your take on them?
1: I,
2: I kind of agree with Rob. I mean, you know, there was 28,000 at that semi final. So yeah. if you break that sort of 50 50 for Hibs and Aberdeen, they, they took 14,000 to, to that semi final. And then they're getting their, you know, knickers and a twist because they're, they're not getting 50% of the allocation for the final. I think the point that Rob makes is, is, is sort of key here. Every single Aberdeen fan that goes to the game week, out, week in, week out, is getting a ticket. Yeah, It's the people who don't go and watch Aberdeen on a regular basis who aren't getting a ticket. Which is ironic, because a lot of people have came to me on Twitter recently over this debate to say that I'm a glory hunter. And I'll, I won't, I'm won't. i not not in my age here, so I won't, me and my son won't get a ticket for that final. It'll be, we'll, we'll struggle to get a ticket for a final ever again if, if Rangers, you know... Keep going with my years, and we go to the football a lot. Now you're wanting people who, who are Aberdeen fans who don't go to the game, the old grannies that want a wee day out and all that kind of stuff, at the expense of people who fund the the, the game up here, week in week out, and they accuse us of being the glory hunters. Well, surely that is the very definition of glory hunting. <laughs> Only turning up for a game when there's glory on the table, potential glory on the table, and you're like, all of a sudden, I want to go to that game. I, 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 it just beggars belief. The 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 sort. Of, and I I noticed when I was I was on the train going to the Pollock game to meet you yesterday, John. I noticed Cowan and Cosgrove, There was a thing on Twitter with them, and just two very typical arguments. And you know what's really. It's not surprising, but it's really disappointing. As every single sort of journalist, you know, your Spears, your Cosgrove, your Cowens. Sorry, I usual. thought you were talking
0: about journalists. Sorry, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. well yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Correspondents, and uh, you you know their argument every time. When it when it comes to Rangers, you know what their argument is going to be every single time. It's going to be whatever it is that's the opposite argument in, in, in arguing against Rangers. I've never heard Cosgrove, I've never heard Cairn, I've never heard Spears, no, I've never heard a lot, Michael Stewart, any of them, make a positive case for Rangers or Rangers supporters. Never. No. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's just so predictable, so yeah, tiresome. It's the
1: fitters of Scottish football all right there,
2: isn't it? And, yes. and, and it's actually a bit, you know, that whole thing you're talking about, John, about underwriting the tickets that's also key as well. You know what I mean? Because if, if they don't sell the tickets, you know, the SFA, uh, all the rest of them are looking at us to save the day so that there's no giant empty gaps in, in, in that ground for a, for a showcase final. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. And uh, yeah, it just, it just gets some my go actually because, you know, someone who goes to football regularly, I've got a season ticket. I pay nearly 700 pounds for my season ticket. You know, go to the football when I can, follow my team when I can, and I'll no be anywhere near Hamden no, at, at, no. That, at that final. No. But someone for Aberdeen who's not been to a football match in years just no. saunters in.
1: Yeah,
2: sorry, right, not having that.
1: The other point to make on that that I find hilarious is that the outcry around how corrupt and biased the the SPFL are and all that sort of stuff in this situation. If only there was a club who was willing to fund an independent investigation into some of the some of the practices of these organizations yeah well we 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 probably could have got to the bottom of some of this stuff you know the big the, <laughs> but that's a different conversation
0: the
2: one thing i'll say about aberdeen is at least i've put up a fight for these tickets which is more than could be said from the day
0: hi <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, if anybody was surprised by that, they haven't been watching Scottish football for the last 20 years. The, the, The other thing about this that frustrates me is that Aberdeen had a chance to change Scottish football when we were in the third division. They could have changed the voting structure of Scottish football. They could have absolutely transformed Scottish football. And given themselves and clubs like them a much much bigger say in the running of Scottish football, and they all bottled it, and they chose not They chose to side with Celtic, and change nothing. And frankly, hell mend them. And they, they've they, they you know they've brought this on themselves. Uh, I have no sympathy for them whatsoever. Uh, kind of related, and just my last point today. I don't know, I don't know if you guys picked up on this or not. I'm sure you are regular readers of Hansard, so no doubt you will have seen this, but. It was the King's speech this week. The first, the first time King Charles uh, did the opening of Parliament, and gave his, his his speech on behalf of the government. And it was announced that the Westminster's government is um, bringing in legislation to introduce an independent regulator for football in England. And if that legislation passes, and it's got all party support just now, so if that legislation passes it will come into play. There's still some dubiety over just exactly what powers it will have, but it, it will come into play. But it won't affect Scottish football. It will, it will just affect English football. Is that something you would welcome here? Would you welcome something similar here? It's been mooted but but, but not really got any legs. Do you think that's, there's any value in that?
1: Robert? Um, no. So, so the word independent is quite interesting. Um, but no, I mean, I think I think this this is another this is another thing just to just to hold over football fans' head. I think you know because again, if you need everything, I think we seem to be the worst people in society sometimes. Um, you know, because of because of the 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 press that we get. You know, what what is the point of having an independent regulator? You know, within within the game, what actual power is it going to have? Well, I but think the important.
0: idea. I think the idea of is. Is that it would prevent things like that? I can't remember the name of it. Game forty-three or something, where they were proposing to play an English Premier League game in Indonesia. Game thirty-nine, or Singapore game thirty-nine? Where they were proposing to do that, where basically they were trying to take, trying to stop the franchising of English teams. That, that type of thing. I believe that was the the the, the what pushed this to become what it has become. Now, as I said, there's still some debate over the powers that this will have, but I believe that was the thinking behind it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just, it just sparked worry in my head. So, on the supporters bus, we got sight of some legislation recently um, around having to make sure that you've got names and addresses, details, yeah. for uh, stop offs for every single person that was going to be on that supporters bus. And that was something that, that had been brought in down south that was potentially going to be brought in up here as well. And, you know, I think ultimately, the majority of football fans go to enjoy watching their team. You know, we don't need to worry about stuff like that. And I think, you know, the Scottish game is completely different. We can't even get somebody to pay a decent rate for the normal calendar of games that we've got. We, we can't even negotiate a deal ourselves that, that sometimes we have a great card on midweek that Sky don't show football on. So an independent regulator is going to do nothing about that. And all it's probably going to do is take money out of the game to fund it. So I think it's an added layer an added layer um, that we probably don't need. I think what we need to do is that fundamentally change the way the game is run in Scotland away from, you know, a focus of being run by amateurs and, and actually look at how we can get value for money when it comes to things like TV deals and marketing the game. Because ultimately there are some cracking games of football up here. There's some really good teams and and, and we're performing well on a European stage. So we should be able to take advantage of that. Now other clubs might argue the fact that that doesn't matter because they're not doing so well. But ultimately, you know, getting bang for buck up here is is, is what really should be important to us as fans. And I don't know if an independent regulator up here would work.
0: Colin, independent regulator, surely that that's that's right down your street there, isn't it? You're a man who likes an independent regulator
2: <laughs> well, I'm in most areas of your life I, I like my regulation to be independent, that has to be said, John. <laughs> uh, I, th- I mean, I think the main reason a, a lot of supporters down south have been crying for this is the the sort of Saudi thing, you know, the the, the state-owned and foreign-owned yeah. clubs and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I know you're saying it's got all-party support. I would imagine there's at least one party that's got a wee eye on the powers that this independent regulator would would have because I think they're quite keen on like Saudi and all that pumping money into into Britain. Can't so think what party you're talking about? I, you're talking. I, 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 <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head. But, uh, I mean, I mean, for a while there, you know, we had the Rangers supporters trust and, and all that kind of stuff. And I remember have been through over the last ten years, you know, we've uh, been down the leagues and financial implosion and all that kind of stuff. And and that came from us as a fan base maybe taking our eye off the ball a wee bit and and not scrutinising. David Murray was up to enough. That, I mean, that was why the Rangers Trust started, you know, sort of about 20 years ago when McCausland was born, actually. Uh, they, they, they were starting to really question David Murray's running in the club and actually, where are we going here? You know, we're a huge amount in debt. This, this could be crippling. And, uh, and it turned out to be the case. I think anything that that gives supporters a voice at the table, and I think an independent regulator could do that, you know, it's something that could tap into supporters and what they want. I, I I don't I, I would be for that, but it would all be hanging around. What's the purpose of it? What's the terms of reference? What what powers does it have? Uh, you know, you would have to look at that and 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 see exactly what is this independent regulator going to do. But what, yeah. anything that represents the the concerns and all that, its supporters, is I'm all for that. I, I found it really interesting through the week there when Newcastle were playing Dortmund. You know, it really was a clash of cultures. It was a good piece yeah. in Athletic about how the Dortmund fans, you know, the, the protest, chucking false money on the park, and all the rest of it, because they are really sort of keen on this the, the, the fifty plus one model that they've got, and that's yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, and, and so, so I suppose for it, fans, uh, yep. yeah, and and, and uh, you know that that that's how I view football. I think you know supporters should have a voice at the table, at the top of the table, and how our games run, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And that's why I've kind of recently started going to Pollock and all the rest of it, you know, because it does, there is more of a community sort of angle and focus to it. It does feel a bit purer than the game higher up now. Uh, So anything, if if an independent regulator was going to provide, you know, a a bit more sort of uh, clarity and transparency and all that kind of thing for supporters and, and, and get our sort of Wants and needs on the table as stakeholders right. because we are stakeholders in the game. You know what I mean? As you, said, as you said earlier on, were the stakeholders that are least considered. You know, we're at arm's length to everything, and maybe an independent regulator would, would change that in some way.
0: Yeah, I, I mean that would be my taking as I I think it's appalling what's happened with Newcastle, um, and I know many people would would scratch their head at me saying that, but I hate what's happened. I just, I knew and have known a number of Newcastle fans over the years, and Newcastle were a proper football club. And and what they are becoming just appalls me. And the thought that that could happen, the thought that could happen to Rangers, but frankly, any team in Scotland, uh, it's, it's not for me. Anyway, we've we've taken up more than our allotted hour, so let me just thank you both for joining me tonight, Rob, Colin. It's good to see you both again. Good to speak to you. Um, nice to hear your views on on most of these subjects. Uh, I'm I'm in I'm agreement on at least half of them, so that that's a pretty good start. Um. Thanks for listening. Anybody who's who's there tonight, thanks for listening. Can I just remind you that the pod is available on various platforms, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, and of course Spotify. Um, it is the international break. So Frankie is flying all of the JersNet podders down to Rothsey for some warm weather podcast training. So there won't be a podcast for a couple of weeks until the 24th of November when Alec and Stuart are both on. Um, Finally, just to thank Forest Precision Engineering again for their support uh, and wish you all a happy international break and see you next time.